Chapter 13 of The Roots of the Mountains by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. They fare to the hunting of the elk. When they came into the hall, the hearth fire had been quickened, and the sleepers on the floor had been wakened, and all folk were astir. So the old man sat down by the hearth, while Goldmane busied himself in fetching wood and water and in sweeping out the hall, and other such works of the early morning. In a little while, while Hallface and the other men and warriors were afoot, duly clad, and the alderman came from his chamber, and greeted all men kindly. Soon meat was set upon the boards, and men broke their fast, and day dawned while they were about it, and ere it was all done, the sun rose clear and golden, so that all men knew that the day would be fair, for the frost seemed hard and enduring. Then the eager young men and the hunters, and those who knew the mountain best, drew together about the hearth, and fell to talking of the hunting of the elk, and there were three there, who knew both the woods, and also the fells, right up to the ice rivers, better than any other, and these said, that they who were fain of the hunting of the elk, would have no likelier time than that day, for a year to come. Short was the reed betwixt them, for they said they would go to the work at once, and make the most of the short winter daylight. So they went each to his place, and some outside that house to their father's houses, to fetch each man his gear. Face of God, for his part, went to his shut-bed, and stood by his chest and opened it, and drew out of it a fine hauberk of ring-mail, which his father had made for him. For though face of God was a deft right, he was not by a long way so deft as his father, who was the deftest of all men of that time and country, so that the alien merchants would give him what he would for his hauberks and helms, when so he would chaffer with them, which was but seldom. So face of God did on this hauberk above his kirtle, and over it he cast his foul-weather weed, so that none might see it. He girt a strong war-sword to his side, cast his quiver over his shoulder, and took his bow in his hand, although he had little lust to shoot elks that day, even as Stoneface had said. Therewithal he took his skids, and went forth of the hall to the gate of the burg, where two gathered the whole company of twenty-three, and Goldmane the twenty-fourth. And each man there had his skids and his bow and quiver, and whatso other weapon, a short sword or wood knife or axe, seemed good to him. So they went out a gates, and clombed the stairway in the cliff, which led to the ancient watch-tower, for it was on the lower slopes of the fells which lay near to the weltering water that they looked to find the elks, and this was the nighest road thereto. When they had gotten to the top they lost no time, but went their ways nearly due east, making way easily, where there were but scattered trees close to the lip of the sheer cliffs. They went merrily on their skids over the close-lying snow, and were soon up on the great shoulders of the fells that went up from the bank of the weltering water. At noon they came into a little dale, wherein were a few trees, and there they abided to eat their meat, and were very merry, making for themselves tables and benches of the drifted snow, and piling it up to windward as a defence against the wind, which had now arisen, little but bitter from the south-east, so that some, and they the wisest, began to look for foul weather, wherefore they tarried the shorter while in the said dale or hollow. 
but they were scarcely on their way again before the aforesaid southeast wind began to grow bigger, and at last blew a gale, and brought up with it a drift of fine snow, through which they yet made their way, but slowly, till the drift grew so thick that they could not see each other five paces apart. Then perforce they made stay, and gathered together under a bent, which by good luck they happened upon, where they were sheltered from the worst of the drift. There they abode, till in less than an hour's space the drift abated, and the wind fell, and in a little while, after it was quite clear, with the sun shining brightly, and the young waxing moon white and high up in the heavens, and the frost was harder than ever. This seemed good to them, but now that they could see each other's faces, they fell to telling over their company, and there was none missing, save face of God. They were somewhat dismayed thereat, but knew not what to do, and they deemed he might not be far off, either a little behind or a little ahead. And Hallface said, There is no need to make this to do about my brother. He can take good care of himself. Neither does a warrior of the face die because of a little cold and frost and snowdrift. Withal, Goldmane is a wilful man, and of late days hath been wilful beyond his wont. Let us now find the elks. So they went on their ways, hoping to fall in with him again. No long story need be made of their hunting, for not very far from where they had taken shelter, they came upon the elks, many of them, impounded by the drifts, pretty much where the deft hunters looked to find them. There was then a battle between the elks and the men, till the beasts were all slain, and only one man hurt. Then they made them slays from wood which they found in the hollows thereby, and they laid the carcasses thereon, and so turned their faces homeward, dragging their prey with them. But they met not face of God, either there or on the way home, and Hallface said, Maybe Goldmane will lie on the fell to-night, and I would I were with him, for adventures oft befall such folk when they abide in the wilds. Now it was late at night by then they reached Burgstead, so laden as they were with the dead beasts. But they heeded the night little, for the moon was well nigh as bright as day for them, but when they came to the gate of the thorpe, they were assembled the good men and swains to meet them with torches and wine in their honour. There also was Goldmane come back before them, yea, for these two hours, and he stood clad in his holiday raiment and smiled on them. Then there was some jeering at him that he was come back empty-handed from the hunting, and that he was not able to abide the wind and the drift. But he laughed thereat, for all this was but game and play, since men knew him for a keen hunter and a stout woodsman, and they had deemed it a heavy loss of him if he had been cast away, as some feared he had been. And his brother Hallface embraced him and kissed him, and said to him, Now the next time that thou farest to the wood, will I be with thee foot to foot, and never leave thee, and then meseemeth I shall wot of the tale that hath befallen thee, and belike it shall be no sorry one. Face of God laughed and answered but little, and they all betook them to the house of the face, and held high feast therein, for as late as the night was, in honour of this hunting of the elk. No man cared to question face of God closely as to how or where he had strayed from the hunt, for he had told his own tale at once as soon as he came home, to wit, that his right foot skid-strap had broken, and even while he stopped to mend it, came on that drift and weather, and that he could not move from that place without losing his way, and that when it had cleared he knew not whither they had gone, 
because the snow had covered their slot. So he deemed it not unlike that they had gone back, and that he might come up with one or two on the way, and that in any case he wotted well that they could look after themselves. So he turned back, not going very swiftly. All this seemed like enough, and a little matter except to jest about, so no man made any question concerning it. Only old Stoneface said to himself, Now were I fain to have a true tale out of him, but it is little likely that anything shall come of my much questioning, and it is ill forcing a young man to tell lies. So he held his peace, and the feast went on merrily and blithely. End of chapter 13